0: To Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie, and I'm Nick. And mate, uh, probably one of the blessings that we've got out of these uh, this condensed season is that uh, we haven't got that long to lick our wounds before our next battle. And uh, after our loss on Friday night, we've got a Wednesday night game this week.
1: Yeah, mate, a chance to. uh you know hopefully kick that redemption cycle into into action that the sash boys often talk about so look we'll we'll hope the boys come a lot more focused to this game uh, because our our season's really on the ropes you'd have to say so let's hope the boys can get up and about and uh, yeah really attack this game hard because uh, yeah, I think goal case forgettable but you know like any game this season mate there's no gimmies and uh, we definitely have to come to play.
0: Uh, 100%, uh, we're not in a position where we can have any uh, gimme games, if you know what I mean, so we have to give 100% every week just to get over the line, and um, due to the shortened break between our previous game, a couple of good players have been managed, um, and I'll talk about Michael Hurley and Sam Draper, what did you think of those?
1: yeah absolutely i mean you'd sort of expect uh you know as we sort of mentioned last last pod that uh you know Hurley obviously is an older statesman of the game uh you know he might be managed to uh you know make sure he can get through. I don't think it's uh feasible for him to play every game this season, nor is it for for most of our players, but certainly for our older blokes, it's uh important to manage them through this this part of the season uh and as for Draper, as we sort of mentioned uh, in the last pod that you know the bloke's coming off an ACL. Yes, he's been playing really well, but you know we don't want to overstress his body, uh, which might set him back quite away. We're better to rest him up uh, for a few days and you know get him up for the weekend. So uh, I think some quite reasonable changes there. And obviously Jacob Townsend missing through injury. So uh, yeah, as we said, we'll, we'll probably miss him for the next two games at least. Uh but hopefully he's uh recovers well, and we'll see him uh back donning the red and black uh in a few well yeah in the few games to come all right well,
0: while we're starting like this, we may as well go through the side. Do you want to um do that first?
1: yeah, beautiful so I'll just go with the in so we've got uh you know Dylan Clark coming in for his first game of the season, which is great to see uh and we're seeing Marty Gleason come back as well as Tom Bell Chambers to. Uh, take up the ruck position there. So if we go from the back line, so we've got Marty Gleason, Aaron Francis and Brandon Zirk Thatcher. Half backs we've got Jordan Ridley, Mason Redmond, and Adam Sard. The centres we've got Tommy Cutler, Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish. From the half forward line we've got Devin Smith, David Zaharakis and Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody. Forward line we've got Kyle Langford, James Stewart and Will Snelling. The followers, we got Tom Bellchambers, Dylan Scheel, and Andrew McGrath. And on the bench, we got Sean McKernan, Matt Guelfie, Connor McKenna, and Dylan Clark, with the emergencies of Andrew Phillips, Michael Hurley, Braden Ham, and Josh Begley.
0: Yeah, well, we predicted most of those changes uh, in the last episode. Uh, and we thought, as you said, Hurley and Draper might be managed. Um, I was thinking maybe... Zarakis might be another one, but with Zarakis name tonight, I I highly doubted he'll play against the Saints now. But um, yeah, any other things that take your eye over that side?
1: Well, obviously the, the thing that springs out to me is Michael Hurley's named as an emergency. Uh, you'd think if he was managed properly, we'd uh, leave him completely out. So I sort of wonder whether... Uh, You know, Ridley's actually 100% right to go. That's the only question I've got there because it is quite a young back line there. Uh, You know, obviously, Gleason's probably our most experienced player back there aside from Sardi. Uh, So it'll be very interesting to see how the boys structure up in the night and whether they can hold their structures when Gold Coast uh, start putting some pressure on us because they've got some really good young players, certainly down in the forward line there. You know, you've got King and uh, the young Isaac Rankin and uh, you know they they've got some talented boys on the park Gold Coast so it'll be interesting to see how we go there how about yourself mate but what, what sort of springs your eye
0: well it just looks like a very young side which I guess we shouldn't be surprised but' I'm just got to read some of the names that are out of this side and I know we only play with who who's named but when you look at players like Apple, Danaher, Stringer, Hooker, Hurley, Ambrose, Fantasia, Laverty, Draper and Townsend. It's um yeah, it's a bit of a roll call on who's left rather than who's out.
1: Yeah, it is, but in saying that, I'm actually I quite like that we're playing quite a young side. I think what's really going to bring us forward in the years to come is you know, building that cohesion with the players, these young players playing together and knowing our structures and knowing how we, um, you know, set up and you know how a Zach Merritt moves in the midfield as opposed to a Darcy Parish. Um, I think that'll be really important for us going forward because really, uh, if we are going to build and start to galvanize as a side, we really need to learn that, um, like like these blokes playing together and uh the only real way to do that is through experience and certainly this season where we don't have any of a proper vfl to fall back on uh it's afl or bust at the moment um so it's uh yeah promising to see a young lineup but yeah you know, obviously reading those names geez you'd uh yeah you wouldn't mind those waltzing back into the into the side but you know we'll play with the blokes on the park and they've definitely got the talent for it if they uh can apply themselves uh, throughout all four quarters.
0: Yeah, well, when you think about it, um, our back line, we've lost a little bit of uh, experience down there with Hurls out, and in some ways it'll be a bit exciting to see BZT, Francis, and potentially Ridley um, being the generals, being called to be, be the generals down back. And that sounds surprising, but that's the position we're
1: in. Yeah, but in saying that, I sort of wonder whether Marty Gleeson might play a bit more of a leadership role down there. Like he, oh, well, he has been in and out of the side due to injury and due to form. Uh, but he is a sort of bit more of a veteran down there. Obviously, Sadi's, uh, you know, an absolute gun. Uh, but in terms of keeping the structures, I think Gleeson might be the one for us. Um, but you know, if Jordan Ridley's down there, I'm sure he'll he's got the sort of uh, the smarts to you know, bring us together, but it is a very inexperienced back line if you um, you know, average it all out by games played. So I'll be very interested to see how we go and uh, hopefully the boys can yeah, really hold their own uh, tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, so do you want to go through the Gold Coast Sun side, mate?
1: No worries. So for them, uh, their outs uh, are Alex Sexton, Alex Sexton, Jeremy Sharp and Nick Holman. And coming in for them is Brayden Fiorini, Josh Corbett, and Sam Flanders. Damn it, Flanders! Um, <laughs> so from the back line, they've got uh, Connor Budarek, uh, Sam Collins, and Jack Lacosius. Halfbacks, they got Will Powell, Charlie Ballard, and Jared Harbrow. Centres, got Lockie Waller, Hugh Greenwood, Brandon Ellis. Half-forward line of Noah Anderson, Sam Day, and Ben Ainsworth forward line of Isaac Rankin, Ben King and Josh Corbett, the followers of Jared Witz, David Swallow and Tuke Miller. On the bench they've got Jack Bowes, Braden Fiorini, Sam Lemons and Sam Flanders with the emergencies of Alex Sexton, Nick Holman, Darcy McPherson and Caleb Graham.
0: Yeah, I'm quite surprised Alex Sexton's out. He's um, a player that's had a bit of uh, fortune playing against the Bombers in the past. He's known to kick a few goals against us, so I was a little bit surprised he's out. But, um, yeah, that's a young side for the Suns, obviously, as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll know where we are um, after this game, obviously. I think it truly is a do-or-die game for the Bombers. Uh, we already are up against it, considering the sides that we have to play on the run home. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we can... Uh, taste victory again because it feels like it's been a while even though it was only a couple of weeks back we beat Adelaide but I don't know that game didn't feel like a big bomb of victory we kind of felt lucky to win that game so yeah let's hope we um taste victory again soon
1: yeah absolutely mate but uh obviously with Alex Saxon being the emergency there I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh made a late change and, and come into their side um but again, like the the Gold Coast lineup, they are really talented. I think we're going to have to look out for Isaac Rankin in particular. He's a really exciting live wide down there. Uh, very clever around goal. Doesn't need a lot of a lot of touches to uh, to have an impact on the game. Uh, another one that sort of uh, like it sounds funny that that sort of worries me is like players like uh, Hugh Greenwood and Brad, Braden uh, Brandon Ellis. Like while they're not outstanding players. Um, you know, I suppose in and of themselves in terms of talent, like these blokes tack in hard each and every game. So I'm really hoping our midfield can, you know, actually show their class and um, not let these blokes, you know, traipse all over us because uh, they won't, they won't die wondering. But yeah, what are the, uh, what are the Gold Coast Suns, you know, got you thinking, mate, in terms of matchups and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, well, the buzzwords, Isaac Rankin and, uh yeah, he's going to be one to watch. I I, I know we haven't been putting Sadi on the most dangerous forward of late, but I'd love to see him have a go at Isaac to start the game. Uh, then I'd also like to see uh, BZT actually line up on Ben King because um, you know, the, the Suns, that's their forward line of the future if they can keep those guys together. And um, it would be nice to see our back line go against their best forwards, so um, if I could dream match up those two, that's what I'd be going for in the midfield um, yeah, I agree with you, Brandon Ellis and Hugh Greenwood um, these are players that they're bigger bodies Um, they find the footy and they've both got pretty long kicks on them so, you know, you can't slouch off them anywhere around the 50, because capable of kicking goals as well so i just think it's really important for the bombers to get this victory uh, more so for the you know it feels like i've listened to obviously a couple of different podcasts this week you know the lunchtime catch up and the session they kind of felt the same way as us They're a little bit frustrated with you know having to listen to the same dribble every every year it seems to be you know be patient, be patient, we're not far away, be patient, and, um, yeah, it kind of gets old, and, uh, I just hope the club realises that your fan base will always be there, we, you know, I think every fan doesn't change allegiances, uh, very often, um, you know, unless you're a really fickle supporter, but it is disheartening to be told to wait, to wait, to wait, and just feel like you're going through Groundhog Day, and, being told, you know, the next couple of years will be great, but, you know, be patient for now. Um, so I, I hope the club takes on board. This would be having an effect on the fans, and, you know, we need to really fast-track uh, any learnings, as uh, John Winesfield s- says, because you know, patience does wear fit.
1: Yeah, it does, mate, and uh, there's only so long you can sit tight and be confident <laughs> uh, because it's... <laughs> Uh, that's certainly, uh, that line hasn't aged well for the Essendon footy club.
0: Uh, definitely not. Um, yeah, well, other matchups that you can think of, mate, is it like, who, for them, would go on a AMT, do you think?
1: Yeah, it'll be, um, sort of interesting. I, I'm not sure whether a, um, like, Jared Harbrow would be able to, like, still keep up with him, um, like, he's a class player, Harbrow, but, um. You know, obviously he's getting a um, a bit sort of longer in the tooth there, um, but apart from that, I mean, honestly, I don't uh, haven't watched a huge amount of the Gold Coast Suns game, so I'm not sure whether a Will Powell or Charlie Ballard would be able to match up on him. Not sure, but uh, it'll be be interesting. And I know that uh, you know, I think with a f- couple of um, you know bigger tools up there with uh, Stuart and McKernan yes they've been down on form, they haven't shown much lately, but I think against the, the Gold Coast Suns lineup, I think we should actually match up alright on them, uh, and hopefully get some form into these guys and you know, if these bigger blokes can start clunking a few um, but also just making contests to bring it to ground, that's where uh, Tip is going to be able to really work his magic and uh, crumb around and get some good goals equally with the likes of Snelling or um, you know even, even Dev Smith or uh, you know these uh, sorts of guys, so it'll be um, interesting to see how we all structure up. But yeah, anything else stick out to you, mate?
0: Uh, just you know our midfield, we really haven't at any point this season seen all three up and going. Like when I talk of all three, I talk about Merritt, Sheel and McGrath. Uh, I'd love to see all three of those have big possession totals and uh, subsequently good games. And I think that would be, you know, really good. I don't think the Suns have a real lockdown player, do they?
1: Nah, None at all. I mean, unless they played like a Brandon Ellis uh, on a sort of defensive role, uh, but apart from that, uh, don't believe so.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um, we might as well touch on the injury report that we got earlier today and uh, Joe Danahers uh, um still in full training with the guys and starting to get a gallop up um still no set date on when he would return but things are a bit more promising on that front it seems
1: yeah it's uh, looking good as he's uh, taken part in the main training sessions obviously i mean i suppose when we say main training sessions it's still broken up into those smaller groups uh, with the restrictions still. Um, yeah, but you see some stuff from the club uh, where Joe Denher took a good mark over Brandon Zerk Thatcher. Uh, and you'd imagine this isn't under, <laughs> uh, well, definitely wouldn't be under full contact conditions. But it is promising to see uh, Denher take a few marks in these training sessions. I, I dare say he's probably still, you know, uh, I'd be thinking more unlikely than likely to take part in games in the next five, six weeks. Uh, that's just me. I mean, if you listen to John Worsfold, he's, like he said, oh no, he's, he's building, he's, he's running and getting into main training in the next few weeks. But yeah, we know that even once you're in full training, you need at least two or three full weeks of that before you'd be uh, really considered match fit. Uh, to be able to run out of game. And I think in terms of Joe Danaher, uh, yeah, we definitely don't want to rush him back because, you know, if that if that causes another injury, uh, that, that could be his career right there. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how we go on that front, mate.
0: Uh, another news, Cale uh, Hooker, he could be a surprise inclusion even as early as next week, do you say?
1: That'll be an absolute boon for us. Uh, I mean, especially in these... Periods where we're trying to get so many games into a limited amount of weeks, uh, the ability to have really experienced guys uh, to be able to come into the side and structure us up a lot better uh, would be absolute worth its weight in gold. Um, and he's such an absolute gun. And I think, really, we have to be realists in saying, look, for, for the likes of Hurley, Hooker, um, you know Bell Chambers and these sorts of guys, they're not going to be around the club forever um so we need to get you know as much out of them as we can in terms of like their leadership around the the club driving standards and all the rest of it for these younger blokes to leave us in the best position possible so when they uh do eventually hang up the boots um like the boys under them are ready to pick up the mantle and uh you know i suppose really take those positions for their own so um it'll be good to see hooker back for sure
0: yeah, other players mentioned was Ratio Fantasia. Um, now He's mentioned to be maybe one or two weeks behind Kyle Hooker, but that's promising in itself. Um, he's coming back from that calf injury, so that would be good if he can come back. And then um, yeah, Jakey Stringer started to run again. Like He's still three or four weeks away from returning, but um, yeah, it's good to see him. Up and about on his ankle and running around and being able to weight load on it, so um, it's a little bit promising to see some of these players actually getting a, a good run around the training track and you know it gives us hope that they can be back before the season ends and even if it's not a winning season for the bombers, um, as I said, I, I'd like to see this side u- this um year actually used as a. Uh, not just to be a wasted year but to be you know basically a, a long preseason for next year because um, I think from next year we just have to hit the round, ground uh, running I don't know what our recruiting strategy is at the moment like um, I think it's going to be a really important trade period for the bombers uh, I think they will go to the draft so I can see us um, trading out some players. For some later picks or mid-range picks, uh, and you know the, I guess the the biggest name we've been linked to, although it's not that loud, uh, I have heard that the bombers are asking the question of Jeremy Cameron, and that says to me if if you're even contemplating chasing Jeremy Cameron, that means that um, to me that Joe Dunneher won't be at Essendon because. To get someone like Jeremy Cameron, you're going to have to pay a huge wage. And uh, we all know that Joe currently is on a, a good wicket. So um, how COVID-19 is going to impact on the salary cap is going to be important. But um, you know, how would you feel if uh, we were able to snare a Jeremy Cameron, mate?
1: it oh, would be an absolute boon for us. Like not only is he a great forward, but the way he plays is a lot more physical than uh, certainly a lot of our uh, forwards do play. I mean, they, they generally like to get the easy ball or the uh, get those classy goals. But what we do what we do lack is that forward that um, runs good patterns. Uh, you know, leads for the footy and have to have those leads uh, respected, acknowledged, and actually hit in the forward line. Uh, would be huge for us. Uh, look, obviously, you know, you'd love to have Joe Danaher up and about and playing great footy at his best. He's an absolute gun. Um, but I guess, really, uh, if you're not able to field on the park, as as great as a bloke you as you are, or as, as talented as you might be, or that we believe you are, if you can't get out on the park... Um, you know, you're not really giving us much in terms of your performance because you just you just can't. And if that is linked to, you know, Joe's enjoyment um, in the club or, you know, if he'd prefer to, you know, see his footy outside of Melbourne, outside of that Melbourne bubble. I mean, I know he's uh, moved to Dalesford or wherever it was with, um, uh, with bowl Chambers. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I guess it'll be a big... A big call if you were to move Danaher out of the club, obviously with their family history as well. But really, yeah, we've been unsuccessful for a long period of time. We really need to start being ruthless in terms of uh, you know trying to find some on-field performance and on-field success. So um, look, if we were able to manage a trade like that, uh, it'd be absolutely huge for us and. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly welcome Jeremy Cameron into the club. No worries.
0: Yeah, well, it does sound a bit far-fetched, but uh, just the fact that we've been mentioned, at least it means we're posing the question and he's on our radar. Uh, interestingly, Geelong have been mentioned as well. and um, As sad as it is, I guess if you're a player of Jeremy's age, he's 27 uh, turning 28, um, <laughs> you think if you're choosing between Essendon and Geelong um, and you want to see success so I imagine um, the Cats would be in front but um, you know it depends what he wants to do because if he wants to play in front of big crowds if we ever get back to that um, after this year um, yeah, you know, he might like playing with a big club and he's obviously got some allegiances with uh, some of the bomber players already with Dev Smith and Dylan Shield. um So, yeah, I think he's definitely worth a cracker. You know, sounds a bit far-fetched. We might not even be in the the realm of getting him, but I'm glad that we were even mentioned. Uh, I guess the other area that we'll need to focus on is getting that big midfielder that can actually have an impact. And I've heard a lot of comments, and I tend to agree. Uh, The Bombers, for a long time, haven't really hit the draft um, we've been trading out um, our picks to get these seasoned players. And there's a tipping point with that. Um, you have to build for your future as well. So what, what do you think the club would do there, mate? Do you think they would go down the realm of um, focusing on an early pick if, if we were to finish bottom five or six? Um, would you keep that first-round pick or would you go hunting?
1: Uh, I mean, you can see it in a couple of ways because... You know, as I said before, so our real champions and your hookers, your hurlies, um, they're not going to be around forever. They are absolute guns. Um, so would you have one last tilt at trying to have uh, some success? I tend to sort of doubt that. I mean, but then, you know, also you got to look at, you know, Heppel and uh, Stringer and, you know, with all these names, if we can get' them on the park we've got quite a good unit uh to build around and there's, there's class players even without those blokes in the team so we've got we've got good depth um as as funny as it sounds to say because you know we're missing you know eight players that could you'd you'd be comfortable with them in our starting twenty two so um it'd be interesting to see. Because I'm not sure whether Ben Rutten wants to build like his own list, in which case he might get rid of some players that he doesn't uh, think is going to bring us forward. In which case, yes, we'll absolutely go to the the draft. But you know, if some of the senior players want to have one last big tilt at uh, you know a premiership potentially, uh, look, and premierships are what you know AFL footy is all about. You know, it's not uh, all about you know. Oh, well maybe if we do things uh, in four or five years we might get there if you seriously back your talent uh, you'd you'd be mad not to have a crack um, and I know that's sort of pie in the sky thinking where like we've bemoaned our game plan our lack of structures and uh, everything like that but you know we do have to also say that we've been uh, our injury tolls over the last couple of years has been absolutely um yeah, so it's decimated us so uh, i don't know what do you reckon mate
0: yeah i think we've got to be mindful when you get big names like dylan Sheil and devin smith jake stringer and that, I'm, I'm sure the club made almost like pledges to them that they were going to build to try and win a Premiership so i think it would be hard to stomach for those kind of players if the club turned around and said, ah, oh, now we're going to go back to the drawing board and build through our youth because basically I'm sure those players didn't just come for the money, they would have come to the Bombers hoping for success. So, yeah, I think more than latter. I think we will um, go to the well again and hope that our um, players can have injury-free seasons or as many of them can, and uh yeah build you know and add some pieces that uh truck and blake feel like we need to get to the next level but that's just my feeling at the moment well mate why don't we have a break and then after the break we'll come back with our remember when section. To Don's cast, and our regular feature of Remember When continues, and mate, we'll start with you, and although we don't have a long history with the Suns, we still had some good games against them.
1: Yeah, we sure have, mate. Uh, as you say, not, not a lot of history, but look, I'm going back to just last year's game, so not, not that long ago, but it was an absolute ripper. Now, we all know the story with 2019, so we had a really disappointing start to the year, we got pumped by GWS in round one and lost against St Kilda in round two before we won against um, you know, Melbourne, Brizzy and North. We then lost the next three, though, to Collingwood, Geelong and Sydney. We won three of our next five games, though, so we weren't completely out of the running for the season, but it was another year where we were really hard up against it to keep the season alive. We, done, we then won our next four games against GWS, Sydney, North and Adelaide, before coming up against Gold Coast. Now, a win here was really important to us to keep in touch with the top eight, but also because we had some tough games to finish off the year. As we started the game though, we started strong with a big mark inside 50 to McKernan to kick it through and have us with the first score of the match. After that, it wasn't looking good with Gold Coast jumping us and kicking the next four goals in the first quarter to be leading by 17 points at the first break. As we entered the second quarter, Gold Coast got the first. But McKernan flew for another ball and took another strong grab, 25 out, straight in front, to kick it through. Mitch Brown then took a grab on the 50 metre mark on a tight angle and kicked it through absolutely beautifully to have us within three goals. So that, um, yeah, then the next goal we got through Jakey Stringer, who took a strong mark only 15 metres out, but on a tight angle near the boundary, to slot it through. Gold Coast kicked the next two though to hold on to a 16-point lead at half-time. As we enter the third quarter, Gold Coast again kicked away with the first two goals to lead by 26, before Mitch Brown ripped the ball out of a pack and chucked it on his boot to score his second goal. Our next came through a freakish bit of play where Stringer was dragged to the ground with the ball in the centre square, but he kicked the ball forward, which was marked by Mitch Brown, and he kicked it from about 50 metres out to kick his third goal. Darcy Parrish then took a mark from a nicely weighted Benny, Benny McNeese kick, just inside 50, and went back to slot the goal and dragged the Gold Coast lead to only 10 points. Our next goal came through, through Dylan Sheil, who threw his right boot at a bouncing footy to kick it through and have us within a goal of the, of the uh, Suns. And we later took the lead when Jakey Stringer fended off his opponent and brought the ball down to ground with his opposite arm and then picked up the footy and snapped it around his his body to have the bomber fans at Metricon up on their feet. But with under a minute to go in that quarter, the bombers were up and about and wanted blood and got it when McKernan took a mark about 60 metres out from goal near the boundary before he turned around, ran in, played on and kicked it from outside 50 to see the ball through, sail through and hear the fans roar. It was an absolutely brilliant goal. Uh, and we were leading by eight points going into the fourth. But the Suns got the first two goals of the, of the quarter as well uh, to retake the lead. Lankford then took a strong mark in our 50, but when Harbreeu bumped him late, that allowed Kyle to take the kick from the goal square and have us back in the lead. Lankford was involved in the next goal too, where he lined up a Suns player and smashed him with his body to have the ball spill out, which he picked up, and kicked it forward to a waiting McKernan, who took another big grab and kicked his fourth of the match to stretch our lead out to twenty uh, to eight points again. It was raised again when McGrath picked up the footy, which was bobbling about, and he snapped it through. Gold Coast got one back, though, but then Jake Stringer got the footy from Laverde, faked one player before kicking a banana through the goals, uh, to keep us in front by 15 points. But the Gold Coast weren't finished and they kicked the next three goals to take the lead back and they had all the momentum. But with just over a minute to go, McDonald Tippenwoody took the ball off the half back, sold a bit of hand candy before going on a run and taking a couple of bounces before delivering the footy beautifully to Kale Hooker, who went back and kicked it straight as a die to have us back in front with just over 30 seconds left to play. As the ball was bounced, Jake Stringer wasn't taking any chances. He ripped the ball out and ran forward and launched the ball from about 70 metres out which bounced through for a goal which had the bomber fans roaring before the siren sounded on another bomber victory. There were plenty of nervous, nervous moments in that game, Jane, uh where we thought the Suns were going to overrun us but we stuck fat and kept pushing to eventually come away with the Chockeys. How do you look back on that game, Jane?
0: Oh, I just remember how nervous I was in that last quarter. You know, we just kind of let the suns hunt, um, hunt around us, you know, the whole time. And uh, every time we'd get in front, they found a way to pick it back. Um, and I, I just feel total relief after that came. And, yeah, the Jake Stringer goal was brilliant. long, long, long kick, that one. And, um, yeah, I just remember Sean McKernan... And, kicking uh, that classy goal you mentioned. And he was really important. We've kind of missed him being in that form this year. So, Sean's got another opportunity this week. Uh, let's hope uh, he can relive some of those moments from last year, this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. But uh, what about your game? What, uh, where are you going back to? Well,
0: I'm going back to our very first match against the uh, Suns, and that was back in 2011. The Bombers were under new coach James Hurd. And it started the season a bit up and down. We had two wins and two losses and a draw. So after five games, we had a bit of everything. And we were playing the Gary Ablett-led Suns. Now, the Dons, even though they only had the two wins, had a pretty good percentage, and I'm pretty sure we'd take it right now if we are offered it, 116.9. But we're obviously looking forward to building on that Playing against the fledging fledgling club, uh, the Gold Coast Suns. Now the Bombers, uh, in a game that you wouldn't believe if I told you the scoreline at quarter time, actually led fifteen goals four to one point and had a ninety-three point lead just at quarter time, and that's an AFL record. <laughs> Um, yeah, do you have any recollections of that uh first quarter mate?
1: Oh, I was absolutely electric, mate. Like you know, you'd have Kyle Remers, you know, kicking him through. Um, yeah, everyone was up and about and you know, just we just looked unstoppable on that night. And uh look the one thing you know, I take from that, James is do you reckon we'd cough up that lead, you know, with the current side?
0: <laughs> yeah, well I I think we would have been a bit nervous and It's funny you mention that because uh, in the second quarter, uh, despite kicking 15 goals to none, the Suns would actually win the second quarter. So they came out and they kicked five goals to our three. And that's a massive turnaround when you think, you know, you've gone down 15 goals in a quarter to actually win a quarter five goals to three. And you wonder, uh, that second quarter of that game maybe cost the uh, club from scoring its highest ever score because uh, we still kicked 31 goals for the game, but uh, that was an opportunity. Uh, if we had have even kicked another five or six, that would have been enough for us to leapfrog our highest ever score. Um, but, yeah, the the players that day that really stuck to mind were Kyle Reamers. Now, uh, Kyle, he might have done the dirty on us through the drug saga, um, or the alleged drug saga. But um, when he was a young player, gee, he was exciting and he kicked eight goals in that match. and uh, He was kind of fortunate. A lot of the kicks were like Joe De Goose and marking in the goal square, but to kick eight goals, um, I don't think I can remember the last bomber that did that recently.
1: No, mate, certainly not. well, I suppose Tipper got close against, uh, was it Melbourne? I think it was. Uh, where he kicked seven. Oh no, was it? Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he kicked seven, but yeah, eight goals is pretty, pretty good score. I think uh, Jake Carlyle might have been the last one, that might have kicked eight. But um, yeah, that's uh, we haven't really had players kicking the big ones. Uh, what about Joe Danaher? Can you remember him kicking any huge bags?
1: Ah, oh, mate. Oh, like well, he's he's kicked a few in his time, and the one that always comes to mind is where he. I think he kicked four or five against the um, Magpies for that Anzac Day match. Um, Played absolutely brilliant that game. But uh, as you say, it's been a long time between drinks, mate. Uh, I'd love to see a a dominant forward again.
0: Yeah. After the main break, uh, the the scoreboard after the Suns had won the previous quarter, uh, the Bombers got back on the bike and... Uh, they had kicked seven goals to two in the third quarter, and uh, we finished with a six goal to one last term. So the Bombers went on to win by 139 points, and kicking an impressive 31 goals. We'd had 13 different goal kickers that day, and uh, our match percent. or after the match, their percentage went to 143. And uh, I dare say. It's been a while since the Bombers have had a percentage like that because, uh, especially in the last four or five years, um, yeah, we have lost our ruthlessness on putting sides away and really uh, dominating against teams. I think uh, probably a game against Melbourne uh, a few years ago, I think we won by about 100 hundred, hundred point plus so on a um, Friday night footy at the G. Uh, I can remember that game, but yeah... The, we really haven't had um, a lot of games where we put sides, uh, you know, to the sword and destroyed them. But yeah, thirteen different goal kickers and some of our best players that day. You Look at it, uh, Paddy Ryder was great. Um, Montries kicked four. Then you had got players like Cramery uh, was dangerous all day, um, and you know David Zarafis was playing well. So we had a real side and. When you look back, you know, that's approaching 10 years ago now, you look at some of the names and you think, gee, you know, how much did the saga actually affect us and our chances to progress? And um, I know it's been a long time since we've won a final, even been considered in finals, but uh, some of those players were really building and I just feel like that saga really robbed us and probably a main reason why we're a long way behind the park because we really haven't had to restart again from 2016 and I think that's why we're so reluctant to uh, hear the words rebuild once again
1: yeah absolutely mate but look in terms of that game it's a ripping memory um uh, I'd love to see the the boys rekindle that fire and you know yeah, get that hard edge against us again because uh yeah, it's certainly uh, been lacking uh, in the years of late. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's what
0: as I said. It was hard to find games uh, against the Suns. i uh, yeah, you know, we've won. We've got a winning record against them, obviously, and uh, they've beaten us a couple of times. But predominantly, we've uh, had the chocolates, and let's hope that continues again on uh, Wednesday night. All right, well, why don't we have another break, mate, and we'll come back with our bomber predictions. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we finish our show, we always finish with our bomber predictions. And, mate, who's going to kick the first goal tomorrow night?
1: Well, look, mate, generally it has been a bit dewey up there so um i'm thinking one of our smalls will get the job done and look i'm actually thinking maybe a will snelling will uh will kick the first goal i just think you know it's it's there for for a small forward to you know use their class and uh you know be able to pick the ball up cleanly and he's certainly a uh, class distributor of the footy so uh, i'm hoping he can get it done, but how about yourself, mate? Who are you backing in?
0: Well, I'm going to go David Zarakis. Um, yeah, I ho- hope he gets a good start and gets him up and about, and so David Zarakis for me to kick the first goal tomorrow night. Uh, most possessions, mate. We've you know, Merritt won it last week, uh, 33 possessions. Uh, who's going to win it tomorrow?
1: Well, look, mate, I've, uh, I've got to go with Dylan Shield. I think he'll be really... Um, Wanting to, you know, get back up the top uh, and have people really sort of talking about him as a gun midfielder again. Uh, he's had the two games where he's been a bit uh, sort of down on impact. So I think he'll be really busting his gut to, um, you yeah, know, find the footy, particularly against Gold Coast. I mean, they've got some some decent players in there, but they're certainly not world beaters. And uh, yeah, I reckon Dylan Shields should be able to rack up a fair bit of the footy. How about you, mate?
0: I'm going to go Andy McGrath. I think he, he'll he find a footy tomorrow. I think the AFL is a pretty reactive industry and I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns do a bit of work on Zach Merritt tomorrow night. Um, and obviously Dylan Shield will be there next one they watch. So I think it might be Andy McGrath who gets off the chain. And most important, importantly, mate, who wins and by how much?
1: Oh, look, mate, I'm going to back us in. Uh, you know, as disappointing as we have been this year, uh, we've still got to you know get behind the boys and support them every chance we get. And um, certainly against the Suns, I think we've got the cattle on the field to be able to win. Uh, we just have to want it and actually play that pressure game to achieve a victory. And I think we're capable. And I think uh, look, we'll probably get it done by two goals. I don't see us uh, having a huge win. Um, but look, anything that gets us the four points, I'll take. How about yourself, mate? Are you backing?
0: Well, I'd love to back the Bombers. Uh, well, I'm just not there at the moment. I'm uh, totally gutted from last week, and I th- thought that was our best opportunity. And the Suns have you know been down a bit of late, so I think they'll be hunting victories as well. So, yeah, I- I'm unfortunately I'm going to pick the Suns in a small um small victory against us, but. Yeah, I'd love to be wrong because um, I just. The reason why I'm probably leaning towards the Suns, I think we've lost a fair bit of experience um, losing Hurley. Uh, you know, despite the Suns not having really big forwards, Ben King could be uh, challenging. You know, you got Sam Day. Um, there's a couple of players that could cause us a lot of problems, and, you know, uh, I just hope the bombers can get up, but yeah, I just yeah you know, with Bell Chambers in the ruck against Wicks. Um, Wicks is a really good ruckman. Uh, I hope Bally can go with him. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really dependent on Tipper and McKernan finding some form. What does uh, Connor McKenna do? Does he learn his craft up forward and become dangerous? But I just, at the moment, I just can't back us kicking a winning score. And, uh, as I said, I'd love to be wrong. But, yeah, I think we're up against it tomorrow night as well, coming off that shortened break. So uh, I hope you're right, mate, and I'm wrong. And I'm sure we'll discuss that in our next episode.
1: Certainly will, mate.
0: All right, well, uh, with the game less than 24 hours away, uh, go Bombers.
1: Go dance.